When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Bin Laden's letter to America going viral over 20 years since it initially was circulating and published. Uh, this is, this is... Quite a situation that is unfolding here. First, let's let's go to this. Um, TikTok uh, has become the social media website of choice for Gen Z in America. I think that's that's clear at this point. And if you look at TikTok, there's a lot of pro Hamas stuff all over the place, and particularly uh, sympathy for you know the Palestinian cause, Hamas, all the rest of it. But what you're now seeing are people who have uh, started to look for rationalizations of what Hamas has done. And this this is now going viral. The Bin Laden letter, he wrote it a year after the September 11th attacks. And it was circulating among jihadists online and uh, including in the UK, uh, where I believe the, Guard, the Guardian published it. And now the Guardian has pulled it down, as I'm speaking to you. And they're saying they're redirecting people from the from the letter to a news story. I'm going to tell you what, what's really going on with that in a second. But just to give you a sense of it, these are young people, okay, and uh, they seem to be overwhelmingly American. I mean, you know, maybe some of them are, are abroad somewhere. But these are young people, early 20s, mid-20s, who, with all that's going on and with these big protests and the DNC, the little riot outside the DNC last night by uh, Hamas sympathizers, with all that's happening, they're like, you know, Bin Laden, yeah, he he kind of had a point they're saying in this. Listen to some of this. Play nine. I read Osama Bin Laden's letter to America. And if you have read it, let me know if you are also going through an existential crisis in this very moment. Because in the last 20 minutes, my entire viewpoint on the entire life I have believed and I have lived has changed. This has left me very disillusioned, and I feel the same exact way I felt when I was deconstructing Christianity. I feel a little bit just confused, like I have entered into another timeline. What is this? In reading the letter, I could only think of this tweet that I saw the other day. Under settler colonialism, any kind of resistance is branded as terrorist because the only acceptable violence is violence by the occupier. The way this letter is going viral right now is giving me the greatest sense of relief. If you're Muslim and you've lived in the U.S. since 9-11, you know more truth than the typical citizen. Now it's all coming to light because of Palestine. Reading this letter, it becomes apparent to me that the actions of 9-11 and those acts committed against the USA and its people were all just the buildup of our government failing other nations. Let me tell you, I joined the CIA because of the 9-11 attacks and Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda. Okay, So it, it was something that had a major shift in the not just trajectory of of my life but of course of america and of the world 
but uh, for me, this this does bring back very specific memories and does feel quite personal. Um, Bin Laden was an Islamic supremacist and a psychopath. Okay, part of what they're not talking about in this letter. Because they're, they're saying, oh, Bin Laden, and you'll hear this from people, I, he just was opposed to U.S. bases in the Middle East and the treatment of the Palestinians and, you know, cites a few other things. Oh, no, but he also cites, uh, you know, homosexuality. He cites the decadence of the West. He cites a whole bunch of things that they won't talk about as, as reasons for why we, we need to be attacked and destroyed. But if you really want to get a sense as to why is Bin Ladenism, which is just another version, he's just one leader within the militant Islamic framework, right? I mean, he's just, you go, you look at, oh, who was Ayman al-Zawahiri? Ayman al-Zawahiri, his number two, was a Muslim Brotherhood leader. Muslim Brotherhood and Hamas, lots of connections there. You start to see all these different entities and organizations. They're Islamic supremacist entities, meaning that there are only two Kinds of society. There is the land of Islam, the Dar al-Islam, and the land of war, the Dar al-Harb. Meaning you can do whatever you want to do. Because they're the bad guys, they're the infidels. So this, people I think have forgotten, and, and this younger generation, I mean a lot of you listening to this are veterans and you know, you saw the evil in Iraq and Afghanistan of the Islamic supremacists. You saw the, what militant Islam, jihadism, it's, it's a viciousness with no end. It's a death cult. Like Hamas. Like Hamas. You see, this all actually ties together. And this is why, wait, Hamas is a, a, a resistance organization, right? And it's, it's different than Al Qaeda. It's really not. It's not. And that's why all of a sudden the people who like Hamas are saying maybe bin Laden had a point. Under bin Laden's framework, first of all, he just, if you read the whole letter and if you read, if you read jihadist writing in general, they absolutely hate Jews. They, they, the most vile and, and severe and, and, uh, extreme anti-Semitism imaginable. I mean, anti-Semitism sounds like too gentle of a term. Islamic supremacists hate Jews. All of them. All of them. They have been trained to do so. They think it is central to their theology. And they will cite Hadith. They will cite their own version of scripture in support of this. And that is true across the board. It's true of ISIS. It's true of Al-Qaeda in Iraq. It's true of Boko Haram. It's true of Hamas. It's true of Hezbollah. Name me a group. Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb. Al-Shabaab in Somalia. Find me a terrorist organization that is jihadist, and I will show you people who hate the Jews. Even if you're on the, on the other side of the world. Moro Islamic Liberation Front. You know, go over to the Philippines. Go over to some of the jihadist entities that are a little more off the radar. They hate Jews, too. Why is that? Oh, because of Palestine, you see. Because of Palestine. They're all trained to, to care so much about this very small piece of land. There's a lot of other things that they could be focused on. But, no, they're all told, you know, whether it's terrorists in, in, terrorists in Indonesia, very, very upset about what's going on in Palestine. They're all told this. They all believe this. But if you look at what bin Laden's belief system actually is for the people saying oh he just doesn't want military bases of the u.s in the in the land of the two holy cities idiocy there's idiocy all over the place um he justifies the attack on anyone in any western society at any level any age any involvement meaning you're upset about what's going on with the palestinians nuke a city if you can you get your hands on a nuclear weapon destroy new york destroy london kill everybody Justified. And you say, well, hold on a second. How could that be just? I mean, that's, whoa, that's a, well, oppression of the Palestinians. So much historical oppression of the Palestinians. There is no outer limit to this because it is a death cult. And once you start to understand that mentality, once you start to see what they really believe, you recognize, you go, oh my God, how, how do we, how do we deal with these people? Well, the way the IDF is dealing with them now, which is hunt them down and kill them or put them in incarceration for life. That's it. People who are true believers in Hamas, those are your options, or else they're going to come and kill you again, because it is central to their identity. I mean, sure, you could talk about de-radicalization. Trust me, I, I was familiar with some of the de-radicalization programs that various governments have. They are overwhelmingly failures, but um, you can try that, but it's generally not going to work. In the meantime, you risk another attack like what we've just seen. But think about this. You have young people today. This is going viral. It's all over the place. 
you have young people today who are finding what they think is truth and expressing solidarity with Osama bin Laden. And it all lines up because what have I been saying on this show for weeks? Now you have seen Hamas has shown beyond a doubt that it is morally on the same plane, that it is equivalent to Al-Qaeda, ISIS, go down the list. It's no different. It's no different. It is soaked in hatred of the Jews, soaked in hatred of the West. In fact, built on a, on a foundation of those hatreds. And ultimately is one of the most toxic mentalities that exists in any society at any time in history, which is a constant loop of victimization that can be used to justify anything. And you see this, what what you have is the Palestinians are held up by the Islamic world as the ultimate victims, more victimized than any other people in history, more victimized than the Jews, which would seem completely insane to anybody who has even the faintest knowledge of 20th century history and the Second World War. But, oh, that's right. You know, Hamas denies all that. That's also a part of the jihadist ideology. As we're sitting here saying, oh, bin Laden had a point. Yeah, they didn't. Of course they deny the Holocaust. Of course they deny the oppression against the Jewish people because they have to be, the Palestinians have to be the ultimate victims. And therefore, any insufficiency in any Muslim society anywhere in the world or that any individual Muslim may feel or any leftist here in America some blue-haired white kid who feels like, you know, oh, I'm not, you know, I don't have a cause. I'm going to be the one who links up arms with the Palestinian cause because they're the ultimate victims. And instead of looking inward and thinking, what am I doing in my life? What am I doing in my society? Or what is my society really about that is a failure? It's, oh, I just care about this. I care so much about this issue. Half a million people died in the Syrian civil war. The Muslim world was like, yeah, let them fight it out. 100,000 children have died in the Yemeni war, civil war with uh, the Houthis. As long as it's Muslims killing other, other Muslims, the, you know, the Islamic world feels very differently about this, as in it's generally indifferent. Generally indifferent. But if Jews want to live in peace in Israel, no, no, somehow that's, that's always a negotiation that has to happen. Why is that a negotiation? I think, fortunately, the voices of sanity here in the West recognize that there can be no negotiation with these barbarians. I've seen what their negotiations end up with and look like. Many of you who have served overseas know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a death cult, and they will destroy as many lives as they possibly can in the pursuit of a goal that they will never attain because they have been brainwashed into thinking that even as they are taking life from innocence, they are the victims. Even if nothing has happened to them, oh, my gosh, don't you realize? Don't you realize what happened to the Muslim people who, you know, lived here a hundred years ago, five hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. It's ne- it's never ending. It never ends. And that's why these people who are saying Bin Laden had some good ideas. Well, he has some good ideas if you want to just completely surrender Western civilization, basic human freedom and dignity. If you want the end of the entire liberal canon, and I mean liberal as in small L, as in people having liberty and people having dignity. You better just submit right now. You better bend the knee. Then bin Laden would be fine with you. And you better, of course, convert or pay the jizya, which is the special tax for the second class citizens who are effectively treated like cows to be milked. But that's a whole other part of Islamic history that you won't really learn about in school. I wonder why that is. Dimitude, the second class citizen status where if you don't actually pay the special tax, which could be crippling, depending on the society we're talking about, you could be killed. Uh, that's the, that's the version of living peaceably in these societies historically. But again, I can't go over all the history today, but I just wanted to give you some sense as to why it is completely insane and deeply immoral, but shows you really what we're dealing with here. Who is on the left and what do they believe? They like Hamas and they're kind of open to the whole Al Qaeda thing too. Some interesting ideas. That's what they are saying and make note of it. All right, I want something happy. It's going to be uh, Thanksgiving next week. I hope you're going to be with family for the Thanksgiving week. Uh, it's a week from today, and family time is important. It's centering. It reinforces who you are and where you come from. And you have fun. So many of my best moments with my brothers and sisters and my parents were all very tight in the sex and household. But, you know, growing up, my dad was one of those dads who had that video camera out during Thanksgiving and other holidays. 
and I'm so glad he did. I hope your family has memories on videotapes as well. But now's the time to digitally transfer those to files that you can actually use and share because you don't have a VHS tape recorder machine. What do you call it? A uh, VCR. <laughs> I can't even remember what it's called. You don't have a VCR anymore. Take advantage today of those old tapes, those old films. Switch to digital so you can text them to friends. You can put them online thanks to Legacy Box. Get their Black Friday deal on digital transfers. They're offering as low as $9 per videotape. They hand transfer every tape you save them. Uh, send them. Legacy Box is the company you need to do for this. LegacyBox.com slash buck. That's the website. LegacyBox.com slash buck. Use that to get this great deal for yourself. $9 per videotape to digitally transfer the memories your family captured and put on videotape. But now there are digital files that truly do last for all time. So take it on today. It's a great time to get this amazing Black Friday deal. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck. That's LegacyBox.com slash buck. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Stay current with what Clay and Buck are saying on TV. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833 833- 995-G-O-L-D. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome, everybody, for the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is Buck in solo today. Clay is doing the Patriot Awards at Fox, so he's busy all day with that one. So it's just me at the helm, and we have a lot to discuss here. Pro-Palestinian protesters were outside of the DNC headquarters last night. There were... Uh, congressional offices locked down. Lawmakers evacuated. There were police officers uh, pepper sprayed in the face and punched. You know, kind of like what we've been told an insurrection looks like. But anyway, uh, that happened last night. You also 
uh, have various bridges and uh, traffic arteries being shut down by these left-wing lunatics. We will discuss where this is on TikTok. And I suppose we should have seen this coming, but on TikTok there are viral clips now of people who are referring to bin Laden as in Osama bin Laden's letter to America. And these TikTokers, overwhelmingly Gen Z leftist uh, maniacs, uh, they are saying things like, Bin Laden really had a point, and there's a lot of talk in the letter to America that Bin Laden wrote about Palestinian oppression, and so they're tying these things together. We will, we will annihilate these lunacies, these fallacies together here today on the program. That's one of the things that I can promise you. Also, just in the news front, Congress approved a bill that averted a government shutdown and has pushed budget negotiations into next year. Got some updates for you on uh, Derek Chauvin is trying to get his conviction overturned in uh, federal court. And former Marine Daniel Penny updates on that. Remember in New York City on the subway, the uh, chokehold when Penny decided that he was not going to allow uh, someone to uh, Jordan Neely to terrify that subway car any longer. Uh, We'll discuss where all of that is going. Plus, maybe some thoughts on the border. Oh, and we have. Governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, one of the most high-profile people who has endorsed Ron DeSantis for president, the Iowa caucuses, within sight, not far away. And so we're going to talk to her about how she thinks that's going to go and some other important questions here. But I, I wanted to start with what we are seeing from the left in this, uh, in this current moment. As you know, the IDF uh, went into the Al-Shifa hospital and is now sharing so Israeli defense forces have shared photos of the munitions and machine guns and rocket launchers and you know, probably some suicide vests, whatever they've got, that they were storing in this uh, Al-Shifa hospital. So Hamas committing even more war crimes. Effectively at this point, if you were to make a list of possible war crimes that a group or a terrorist entity like Hamas could commit, They've checked off almost all of them. I don't really know what's left. They don't have nuclear weapons. They don't have, God forbid, chemical weapons. So they can't do everything, right? They're not firing sarin. They're not firing mustard gas or unleashing sarin gas. But in terms of uh, murder of innocents, rape of innocents, using uh, civilians as human shields, kidnapping, uh, not just uh, civilians, but children, uh, they have shown themselves to be on a uh, the same moral plane as Al-Qaeda, and people try to argue with me on this, and I just have to point out they're wrong. This is obvious now. This has become a, a straightforward issue in terms of right and wrong. There's a lot of complexity about the history, and there's a lot of nuance you could talk about with regard to this date or that date or this thing or that thing. But ultimately, you have the forces of civilization, and you have the forces of barbarism. And Hamas, the terrorist group, is on the side of barbarism. But you wouldn't know that if you were to have walked past the DNC headquarters last night where this group, I think they're called If Not Now, When or something like that. This really, uh, you know, what are these idiotic names? Um, I, I think that's what they're called, what these idiotic groups. They're out there and um, they're saying... Things like, well, here, you can hear one of the protesters. Uh, this video went viral. This is cut four outside of the DNC headquarters. Play four. We're outside the DNC. We're outside the Democratic Party headquarters because this party claims to be on the side of life and peace and equality. And we're saying that we want them to live up to their values and oppose this horrific war and call for a ceasefire now. And we're being responded to by the police shoving anti-war activists down the stairs. I mean, that's like an audition tape for her own show at MSNBC, I have to say. Just give it some time. She'll probably become a paid contributor over there, or maybe at CNN. Uh, this is obviously a group of people who are emotionally unstable, which comes across as this woman is shouting. But I, I I think it's important we look at things for what they are. 
And when when you have this mass of protesters, as I already pointed out, only one arrest, I believe. That might have been updated, but as I was reading this morning, one arrest. Cops are being pepper sprayed and punched. What? Uh, January 6th protesters get treated like they're prisoners in the Soviet gulag for walking inside the Capitol, for uh, interfering with an official proceeding. But Capitol Police can be punched and pepper sprayed by left-wing maniacs who are on the side of a terrorist group that just committed a mass murder of 1,400 Jews, and let's not get too hasty with these arrests. The two-tier justice system still in full effect, isn't it? In fact, it keeps getting worse because it keeps getting more obvious, and as it gets more obvious, they feel less need to try to hide from you that this is the new reality. This is the world that we live in. Over time, they become more thuggish, not less. Once they've crossed one line, they'll cross another line. But when they demand a ceasefire right now, understand what they're really saying. That Hamas is supposed to continue as an entity that is going to what? Try to achieve peace with Israel? Hamas has never wanted peace with Israel. Hamas has been a terrorist group for the entirety of its existence. Its stated goal is the eradication of the Israeli state and the elimination of the Jewish people. So when they call for a ceasefire, it's to what end? Well, it's to make sure that Israel can't defend itself, and it's actually even worse than that. It's worse than Israel can't seek justice or defend itself in this instance. It's that they demand that Israel live in constant fear of the next attack. It's to actually give aid and comfort to the terrorist campaign of psychological destruction that they are trying to wage against the Israeli people and the Jewish people inside of Israel, but also Jews around the world. That's the goal here, to make sure that they are never able to feel safe anywhere. They're not allowed to fight back because of all the historical oppression, because of all the colonialism. We'll talk about all this colonialism stuff and how the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, because of the way the global left has racialized everything. When I say global, I mean here, the West, you know, the European-American uh, political discourse. I'm not talking about the left in, uh, you know, Thailand right now. So here we have the racialization of a conflict, in essence, that the left, they don't care about the nuances that I've discussed with you, or just the, not even nuances, the basic facts, that there are a whole heck of a lot of people inside of Israel who you wouldn't think of as as white but they still think of Israel as a white settler colonial state. That's what they say. They don't just think of it. That's how they attack it. And last night outside the DNC, you had all of these maniacs who were demanding a ceasefire on the premise that whatever is done to Israel. And remember, this, this you start to see this, and we're going to talk about the connections that they are openly drawing now between Israel being, in essence, the cause of the attacks on it, that's what they're saying. We should just be honest about it. Israeli policy, Israeli action, Jewish action in the state of Israel. The American left is saying, you know, because of your oppression, this is going to happen. So you got to come to the negotiating table. But the other side doesn't even want to negotiate. So what are they talking about? But it's the same conversation that happened, but in a little bit more muted fashion in this country after 9-11 with bin Laden which is why you have all these TikToks going viral right now about maybe bin Laden had a point. What could be more not only stupid, but terrifying in the sense that these are the malcontents within our own society, and they can see something like what happened in Israel and come to the exact wrong conclusion, and then look at what happened here at home in this country and say, yeah, maybe that too was caused by America's history of foreign policy. Remember, we weren't a, we weren't really technically a colonial power, though some people will say Spanish American War, and they'll get into all these specifics. But um, what they really mean, by the way, when they talk about anti-colonialism, when the left talks about what is anti-colonial, what they mean is anti-white, because no other historical period of conquest and effective colonization is referred to in this. As I've talked to you in the past, if you're going to look at jihadist uh, entities and what their goals are, one of the one of the 
baseline fallacies of all this. One of the things that they get the most wrong, one of the foundational lies to all of this, and you see this in the talk about whether it's Hamas, oh, they, you know, they just want what exactly? Well, they want a one-state solution. Well, they want a majority Muslim state so they can kick out all the Jews and probably kill as many Jews as they can in the process. That's what Hamas wants. It's what they've always wanted. But there's this belief that is forwarded on the left that if only these uh, people of this ideology, if only militant Islam, Hamas, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, were left alone, everything would be fine. Just let's just look at history. They're, they're just opposed to colonialism, man. They just they just don't want all of the oppression from the West, and by that they mean white oppression. Um, they don't want all of this oppression in their societies. You say, well, hold on a second. Jihadists in recent years have justified attacks in Europe and in Spain specifically as saying, well, Spain used to be Andalusia. It was a Muslim Muslim caliphate, in fact. And then 1492, they were expelled. And they still refer to that. I mean, they blow people up today, just so you understand. Or they would blow people up today. They've blown people up in recent years. They have murdered innocents on, and, and, and then explicitly stated that this is because, um, you know, 500 years ago, Spain was ours and it needs to be ours again. You think you're going to negotiate with these people? You think it's really about anti-colonialism? They sit now in the Levant and in what we would call, you know, the Near East. It's kind of a part of the Middle East. In what was all Christian and Jewish territory until, well, Muslim conquest. Right? What was, what was uh, Istanbul called before? It was called Constantinople, right? And what happened? In 1453, there was a Muslim invasion. They took this city, which was actually the the jewel in terms of cities of all of Christendom at that time, it was the continuation of the Roman Empire in the Eastern Orthodox Christian world. And, yeah, they took it over. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that Turkey needs to give something back to Rome. I'm just saying they are playing fast and loose with the history all the time. They are completely selective in their outrage about it. And if you think that any of these groups or entities or individuals are criticizing in good faith that Hamas and its supporters, oh, it's really just about the oppression. If only the oppression would stop, then we would be okay with things. That's a lie. We have to address this lie right away. It's not that if only Israel did X. If only the Jews did Y. Then the jihadists, then Hamas, then Al-Qaeda, then the anti-Semites, then the college lunatics running around. Uh, saying the things that they say in solidarity with Hamas, if only a different choice was made, then everything would be okay. That is a lie. What we've seen here, and this is why there's been a fundamental shift in the way we look at the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, is that we know Hamas and its co-conspirators and its allies and Hezbollah and Iran and the rest of them they are the aggressors in this because they will be the perpetually aggrieved. It will never stop. It will never stop because they are societies that are rooted in hatred of the Jewish people. Just going to be honest, that's the truth about the Gaza Strip. And there's a whole lot more of that across the broader Middle East as well. And they have no interest, the people that take this position that support Hamas, they have no interest in coexistence. And they'll never stop their uh, their grievance collection. They'll never stop saying that there's something that justifies whatever it is that they want. They'll go back 500, they'll go back a 1,000 years if they have to. It doesn't matter. They want what they want, and here's what they definitely do not want. To look at their own societies and the failures and the oppression and the tyranny within, whether you're looking at Hezbollah-run Lebanon or Hamas-run Gaza or the mullahs in Tehran, or, or go down the list. Don't look at the failures in their own societies and why not only are they miserable places to live, but they're not very powerful either. What's going on there? Oh, no, blame. it's all about Jerusalem. If only they had control of Jerusalem, everything would be better. 800-282-2882. See, we have to address these lies in the most straightforward fashion. Who is there for the families uh, left behind when a service member or first responder dies? For that matter, who is there for the severely injured in the line of duty? And who's helping our nation's homeless veterans? 
There's one answer to all three questions. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundations never forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. They do that by encouraging runs, walks, climbs, golf outings, and community events. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. I donate every month. Clay donates every month. Please join us. T2T.org. Just go to this website. T, the number 2, T.org. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in. I want to take some of your calls here on Clay and Buck. Uh, also, a few VIPs wrote in. I was referencing this, uh, this, you know, stand up against hate campaign and, uh, some of the older ads that I had seen. Some of them are recirculating now. It is, yeah, it's the son who was posting anti-Semitic things in the clip and the father in this uh, video, um, who is, you know, correcting the, the, uh, stupidity and anti-Semitism of the son. But what is getting some attention online now is just that it's, you know, a dad in a Carhartt jacket, a son who, you know, it look, I, I think they're like, they're in a pickup truck and this is supposed to be what anti-Semitism looks like this, this kid and this father in the pickup truck. Uh, and what we've really seen is that anti-Semitism after October 7th has been a left-wing phenomenon in major cities. And a lot of it is coming from people who are not white. So that's what is uh, interesting about this. And also the racialization of the Arab is, or the, I keep saying Arab is really the uh, Palestinian Israeli conflict and how it's seen in this country as somehow Israel is white and Israel is oppressing the Palestinians who are brown. And that is the very uh, simplistic take. But that's how the left wing machinery now mobilizes and functions around this issue. Um, so the campaign has some as people are saying there's some other ads. There's some good ads from the campaign. These are old ads, but they're recirculating now on social media. And I just think it is worth noting that, uh, you know, what you're seeing the real anti-Semitism you're seeing is coming from the left, that's all, um, and coming from people who um, you would, uh, well, coming from people who spend a lot of time talking about their own oppre- their own oppression. They're worried about their oppression, but also they have anti-Semitism that they are sharing. All right, I want to get into uh, some politics here for a moment, or rather, electoral politics. And here's what we've got. Latest... Latest national poll, Trump-Biden, general election, and a whole bunch of different polls. Fox News has Trump up four. Okay, fine, Fox News, right? Quinnipiac has Trump up two. Yahoo News has Trump up two. Economist YouGov, Trump up one. Morning Consult, Trump up one. And Rasmussen has Biden up four? Really? Well, that's kind of a surprise. But anyway, a lot of polls showing Trump ahead. Now, this is where... I, I put out all the provisos and, and I, I want to be sure that here's what we just saw. And I, I haven't really said this on the show, I don't think, but the numbers were looking really bad for Biden. Democrats, it looked like they were losing ground. The economy is weak and prices are high. And yet we just had a really disappointing election day. Disappointing in Virginia, disappointing with a bunch of state ballot measures with regard to abortion, a lot of uh, disappointing with regard to the Kentucky governor's race, right? A lot of losses that Republicans have taken on this most recent election, despite Biden, he can barely, I mean, Biden's meeting with Xi Jinping, as you know, in uh, San Francisco. They cleaned up the streets of San Francisco just for Xi Jinping's visit. You would think they could do that. On a more regular basis, but no, only for she. Gotta make sure the streets look good. And there are a lot of people lining the streets, welcoming the communist dictator of China. Uh, but Biden, there's, there's clips circulating already of the same thing that we always see, which is Biden, you know, I don't really know what's going on, the whole thing. And yeah, he's, he's feeble, he's too old, he looks confused and all this stuff. And yet look what just happened. I know Biden wasn't on the ballot, but how does the country feel? Country's moving in the wrong direction. You see huge numbers. Country's moving in the wrong direction. Democrats just won a bunch of elections. You say, okay, Buck, well, it was an off-year election and nothing really that important. I mean, it's important, I think, if you're a Virginian, but 
nothing that important was decided in the election. Why well, say, what about 2022? The numbers on crime and immigration and the economy, inflation specifically, all looked great for Republicans. And where did we have really big wins in 2022? Well, Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis. And, you know, a few other places, but nothing, nothing so great. A lot of the tight elections, a lot of the important races went to Democrats, despite the polls, despite the perception, despite the numbers. And this is why you have a couple things. One, there's the messaging and there's the machinery that we will be up against. Let's start with the messaging. This is over at MSNBC. Willie Geist. Um, here he is saying that this is what the election, this is 16, this is what the election will come down to, democracy versus fascism. The reason that Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene and others like her behave this way, it's not an accident, it's because there's a reward for it. It's because she's going to get reelected with 80% of the vote or whatever it's going to be in her district. So the voters want that, at least in her case. And on the question of the story, it does appear the White House and the Biden campaign has started to get that. That you can't just run and say, well, unemployment's at historic lows, the GDP number was good this month, inflation is coming down. You have to start to tell the story of democracy versus fascism, which is where the stakes will be next year. Okay. The story is democracy versus fascism. He says that after a week of Trump is Hitler news cycle, which we have seen because he used the word vermin to describe, you know, the communists and leftists, you know, in our midst, whatever. So they are going to do this. It's going to be democracy versus fascism. And will that work on a vast majority of the American people? No, of course not. Will it move the one or two percent that will make the difference in six swing states? That's what the Democrats are banking on when it comes to messaging. I just, I find it particularly galling that they say that this is a contest of democracy versus fascism when during COVID we saw the Democrats are the fascists, actually. The Biden administration is far closer to fascism than anything you ever saw from Donald Trump. Think about this. Imagine you were to line this up. Imagine if I could actually have this debate with some Democrats, sit there and say, they say Trump is the fascist. I say, no, Biden's actually much more the fascist. Biden's the one who gave a speech, you know, flanked by Marines with the red lighting behind him, talking about how if you don't get that vaccine shot, you're basically murdering people. And we should get you fired from your job. And you better carry around something that tells everybody that you're, you know, clean. You've gotten the shot. You're good. Doesn't that sound a whole lot more like fascism, authoritarianism than than anything Trump did? What is the what is the big fascist move that uh, that they're going to say that Trump pulled? Disputing an election? Democrats have disputed elections. So where, where exactly is the fascism? Where was the fascism when he was in office? With Joe Biden, it's very straightforward. He wanted to make you get a shot that was effectively worthless and that you didn't need. And if you didn't want to do that, you were to get fired from your job, can't feed yourself or your family, you're out on the street. Why? Because they say so. Because they're anxious about COVID. That feels a whole lot more like fascism to me, doesn't it? Doesn't that feel a whole lot more like the collective overriding the rights of the individual and a kind of extreme political allegiance that makes people abandon even the most basic humanitarian and and just human impulse to be kind to one another, to treat for Americans, to treat each other like Americans? Now, the ones who were using state power and policy to destroy that were Democrats and not previous. I'm not talking about historically or way back when. Talking about this regime, this Biden administration, what they did on COVID was the most fascistic, authoritarian thing we have seen in living memory in this country. So if it's going to be democracy versus fascism, I I can tell you, I know who the fascists are. It's the Biden regime. Now, that also brings me to, well, why is it that when the numbers are where they are, and people are concerned about the trajectory of the country, and we have all of these problems, why is it that we've just had a couple of really uninspiring election results? They have figured out. It's not about the polls. It's not about the perception. It's not about the truth. It's not about regality. It is about vote counting. Where do you get them, and who's counting them? They have better machinery in this regard. I said messaging and machinery. The messaging on fascism, we talked about that. The machinery in 
Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Michigan, in Georgia. Who is more on it? Which state party is going to have more early voting, more mail-in ballots, more uh, ballot chase for low propensity voters and all of these things. That is what is going to determine who actually is in power and who the next president of the United States is. And I don't think that the Republican Party, I mean, this is the same Republican Party. We just got a new speaker. Guess what? They just funded the government. I told people this. I told you, I, I gave a, a, a live uh, speech. Live uh, speech is always going to be live, right? I gave a speech in South Bend with some friends of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, we, they kept asking me, the audience kept, a great audience, they kept asking me though, why uh, aren't you more excited about this, the fight over the speaker's gavel? And I just said, cause it, they're not going to do anything. They just funded the government till the end of the year. There you go. Oh, okay. So I bring this up not just to, not to despair, but because I, I want to early in this process say this, and there are a lot of activists who listen to the show. There are a lot of members of congressional staffs who listen to this, members of Congress who listen to the show. Um, we have to get on the machinery side of this and understand the laws in the individual states and have the legal um, teams in place to both both prepare and to challenge to have the get-out-the-vote efforts in place and to embrace every tool of electoral victory in the most Machiavellian fashion possible. If it's legal and it helps, we do it. That has to be the approach. I write all this stuff about how, oh, no, I'm going to wear like a tri-corner hat and go on election day because it'll only be one day. And, you know, this is the way the founding fathers warned it. We're just going to lose in those states. We're just going to lose again. And uh, I can tell you, I'm definitely tired in these last couple of elections of losing key races, races that should not have been lost. And so I think now is the time to talk about it. And I will invite, I'll, I'll get some of the people that are doing this work, we'll get them on the show, because it's critical to highlight where good things are being done in this regard and also where we have gaps. The election's less than a year away. This stuff has to be dealt with now, because I can tell you this, if we just think, oh, we're going to win Pennsylvania because... Trump is so much better than Biden. They just elected John Fetterman as United States Senator. You, you think that Biden's that bad? I wouldn't count on it. We got to get this done. We like saving money when we can, but how are you supposed to save when you're paying inflation-affected prices on everyday items like gas and groceries? Well, now, thanks to the Upside app, you can save with their money-back premise. This is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or goes out to restaurants. All you have to do is download the free Upside app. Use our promo code Clay and Buck and get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Then pay as usual with a credit or debit card following the steps in the Upside app and earn money back. Download the Upside app on your phone today. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Download the free Upside app. And use promo code Clay and Buck to get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. That's an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas using promo code Clay and Buck when you download the Upside app. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash clay. Second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now with Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa. Governor, appreciate you being here. Oh, hi, Buck. It's great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for being the voice of reason. We appreciate that. (laughs) I I do what I can. Thank you, Clay, and I do our best. Thank you. Um, You do. We we want to get to Iowa, the caucuses, uh, all all that, and your endorsement in a second. Uh, But I, I think the border is... Among the most important issues in the country right now, and anyone who listens to the show knows that this has been a something that I've I've been deeply involved in covering and spending time down there now for for many years. You have a plan that I wanted you to discuss uh, with everyone for what can be done at the border, given that it's the most wide open it's ever been. You've got at least six, seven million have come in under Biden. What can be done about this, and and how would the military play a role? Well, first of all, I mean, I think it's it's also Ron DeSantis' plan, and it's just another example of how we align on policies and what needs to be done uh, to not only secure our, our nation's – or to, to make sure that we're taking our nation's security into account, uh, but to stop the inflow of human traffic and, most importantly, drugs that we're seeing pouring over uh, the border. So, first of all, you re- re- reinstall the Remain in Mexico policy. You actually build the wall. He's got a plan in place to pay for it, so he actually will pay – Mexico pay for the wall uh, through the remittance taxes. Uh, in addition to that, get the military down on the border and identify the cartel for what they are, a terrorist. Uh, you know, we're seeing the impact in Iowa. Every single state is a border state. Uh, we have uh, two major interstates that run through Iowa, Interstate 35 and Interstate 80, and it is absolutely a direct path from Mexico to the Midwest for human traffickers and drug cartels. And we are seeing exponentially the number of seizures increase. We've seen a 500 percent uh, increase in fentanyl, 100% increase in meth. We've seen a 35% increase in drug-related deaths. And this is what every single state is experiencing. We're not only seeing it in our urban areas, but we're seeing it infiltrate our rural areas as well. And so you have to stop the flow. You have to put back in place the policies that worked. Uh, you have to figure out a way to get the illegals back. I mean, we have seen uh, over, I think it's over 6 million uh, illegals that have invaded our homeland. The number of known terrorists that have crossed the border is concerning, especially when you see what's happened uh, in Israel and around the world. And then just take into account the 1.6 million gotaways just in 2023. I mean, it's, it's unconscionable. It is ridiculous. As a state, I mean, uh, Texas has been ground zero for the last two and a half years. They, Buck, they have allocated uh, nine billion dollars of taxpayer money in texas 
just to do the job of what this president and this administration should do. It's a dereliction of duties. It's unconscionable. It's an assault uh, on um, our, our Constitution and and the American people. And it's ridiculous that this has fallen to the states. When Governor Abbott sent out a request, I was so proud of the number of Republican governors that stood up. Uh, we not only sent our Iowa National Guard down to the border to provide some relief, uh, but we also sent our law enforcement down. This is the second time we've sent law enforcement down. Now, I was proud to say that I didn't use any taxpayer dollars. I figured out a way to use some of those ARPA dollars that were coming into the state. After all, it is the federal government and this president's responsibility to protect our border and the sovereignty of this country. And so I used those dollars uh, to, to get our people down to the southern border to help help provide them some relief and to put in place a mechanism uh, to prevent them from stepping on uh, American soil and then just being processed and released into uh, the country. We had a unique situation, uh, oh gosh, I think it was when Biden was first elected president, where we had a plane land at our Des Moines airport. There were 15 young girls on that plane. And in the middle of the night, I had no idea they were coming. Somebody actually was able to... Um, uh, video that and provide evidence to us and we started working with the Biden administration and for months they denied having anything to do with it. I said, well, we're not letting up uh, because if it's not you, then this is human trafficking that's taking place and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Only after months and months of denial, they finally admitted that, yeah, it was Homeland that was actually, you know, transporting them. And they didn't stay in Iowa. There was charter buses waiting for them on the tarmac to take these poor girls uh, to several other states. So, as a, as a governor, we have a responsibility to protect the health and safety of the citizens that we serve. And when you don't know when they're coming into your state, how they're coming into your state, uh, it makes that uh, really, really difficult. So so I appreciate uh, the program and the uh, uh, plan that Ron has put in place. And what gives me great confidence about that plan is because this guy has followed through with 100% of his promises, then I know he will deliver, and on day one, he will do exactly what he said he's going to do and start implementing those similar policies that will that will start to protect uh, this country and American citizens. Uh, and it's just that's like step one in getting this country back on track, and uh, you know, getting us back yeah. to the great country that we are. So we're, we're speaking of Governor Tim Reynolds. That. Yep, yep, Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa. And and since you're you're kind of leading in already to my my next question for you, which is. Uh, you are given uh, that you're a governor with, uh, with very strong numbers in your home state of Iowa and Iowa is the first in the nation, right? So we're going to have the caucus, uh, what middle of January, I believe, right? January 15th. January 15th. Um, yep. Yep. January 15th. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, eyes of the nation are going to be on Iowa, obviously, as they are when this happens every four years. You have endorsed Governor Ron DeSantis. Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, I'm a Floridian. I think he's been a phenomenal governor here in Florida. He's trailing in all of the, at least the national polls, considerably to Donald Trump. Why did you go with DeSantis? Because you have a lot of Trump listeners and a lot of DeSantis listeners right now. So make the case, if you would, for why you thought he was the right choice. Well, for a whole host of reasons. And most importantly, I would encourage everybody just to look at his record. So we'll start there. But we are the First Nation Caucus. I want to give you a little background. I felt like it was my responsibility to welcome all the candidates to the state to make sure that I could provide a platform for them to share their vision and message about why they thought they should have the opportunity to be the candidate to serve as the next president of the United States. And it was important that we did that. Uh, I, for seven months, uh, they have crisscrossed the state. They've really uh, pitched their vision. Uh, I hosted almost all of them at the Iowa State Fair. We did the fair-side chats. Again, a lot of one-on-ones. I've had opportunity to participate in the events and really to see how engaged Iowans were. So that's why I don't believe the national polls. I've talked to a lot of Iowans. I'm very much on the ground across the state uh, doing a lot of one-on-ones. And people are showing up at all of the events. They're listening. They're asking good questions. We take this very seriously. We are starting uh, We are starting to see the field narrow. And uh, so we did that for seven months. But as I have continued to see the decline of this country, and as I have seen, uh, you know, the, we're in a bad place. The country's in trouble. As I see what's happening around the world uh, with the weakness that this president has shown on the world stage, uh, it's emboldened our enemies. And, you know, I am a governor, but first and foremost, I'm a mom and I'm a grandma and I'm an American. And I, I just could not sit on the sidelines any longer. There's too much at stake. Uh, I, we need somebody that can win. We don't get a redo. 
We need somebody that not only has the skill, but has the resolve to just reverse the madness that we're seeing on uh, every single day. I need somebody that's disciplined and focused and really focused on the future and not looking to the past. And we need somebody that can on day one get to work and implement. And I I appreciate all their vision and what they say they're going to do. But when I started looking at the records and I started looking at how it aligned with what we've done here in Iowa, I know from a governor's perspective how hard it is to do things as a governor, to make things happen, especially big things. It's easy to go in with a light agenda and try to, you know, tweak around the edges, but to take on things like COVID and Disney and, and parental choice and educational freedom, uh, you got to be a leader and you got to be able to take the barbs and you got to be able to execute. And Ron has executed on 100% of his promises. And you, you think uh, you he know, can win in Iowa and then you think he can win nationally? Oh, I think he could win in Iowa or wouldn't get on board. He definitely can win in Iowa. The polls, first of all, nobody should be paying attention to the national polls. This isn't a national race. This is a caucus and a primary, and it's early. Iowans break late. Uh, I'm seeing it. I've had so many people come up. Uh, you can you can sense the momentum. Uh, he's the only one that has the ground game in place, and that's really, really important. He's the only one that's put in the work. He's going to all 99 counties. He's doing retail politics face-to-face, taking questions, talking about his vision. Uh, but then you got to get people there. On a January, potentially winter night, on the, you know, January 15th, you got to you got to get people there that believe in what you're doing. If you look at the last Iowa poll uh, that was released, the same percentage of likely Republican caucus goers are considering both Trump and Ron DeSantis. It was at 67 percent. So uh, he's the second choice for most of them. I you know I just he he definitely there is a path. He's got to work hard. He's doing what he needs to be doing to get there. And um, I again I would just encourage people to look at the record. And here's the other thing. We need somebody that can win. This guy has won. We both ran in 2018, barely made it across the finish line. Horrible year for Republicans. I think he won by 1%. I won by about 2 He came back in 2022. He won by 20. I won by 19 because we told our constituents what we were going to do and we followed through with it. He brought in demographics that Republicans have not been winning for the last two elections. And I'm tired of losing. I want somebody that can get 62% of the Hispanic vote. I want somebody that can bring in independence. I want somebody that can give Republicans a hope and uh, and a vision and somebody that knows that they're going to follow through with what they say they're going to do, that has the moral conviction to do the right thing, even when it's really, really hard. He's principled. And uh, to be honest, and I'm just, I mean this from my heart, this is a personal decision. He, Ron is probably the most effective leader that I have seen in my lifetime. And it's inspiring for me um, to see that. I, I appreciate it because again, I know it's not, I know it's not easy. So I need people to, you know, sometimes we get so caught up on the delivery of the message. So we don't need an entertainer. We don't need, look at how they execute. Look at what they've been able to do. Focus on who has followed through with what they said that they were going to do. Because listen, we need somebody that not only can step in there and on day one execute and get this country back on track, which I believe he'll do. If he can do for this country what he's done in Florida for the last four years, we're going to see America's comeback. And most importantly, he'll do just what, like he did from 2018 to 2022. Because he will follow through with what he said he's going to do, we're going to get eight years of awesome leadership instead of potentially, um, you know, four. So I just, we need to look long-term. We need to look at, you know, what that means for this country. Um, and that's why I landed where I landed. Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa, appreciate your passion, and thank you for making the time uh, for us here today on the show. Thanks so much. You bet. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you. Uh, look, I want to open up the lines because, obviously, uh, the governor feels very strongly that DeSantis is the right choice, and I know a lot of you have very powerful opinions uh, in support of or perhaps in the other direction uh, or, or for another candidate, I mean. So 800-282-2882, we had Governor Sarah uh, Sarah Sanders on recently. What was that? Yesterday, right? Big Trump supporter, all in on Trump. Today we have Kim Reynolds on, another governor endorsing Ron DeSantis. So trying to give you the uh, various perspectives here, and this is going to be uh, an interesting primary. That's for sure. Let's shine the spotlight on a force for good. Preborn's network of clinics. 
This team of people go to work every day to save the lives of unborn babies, and they're successful in that mission. They save the lives of 200 babies each day on average. How remarkable is that? They accomplish it by offering pregnant women contemplating life or abortion for their unborn child free ultrasounds and two years of counseling and support. That ultrasound alone is often the change maker. Seeing their baby, moving within them, or hearing the heartbeat, it's so important in making a connection. You can imagine what that's like for that mom. Preborn makes all of this possible nationwide with our donations. They don't receive federal funds like Planned Parenthood does, for instance. They rely on you and me, the pro-life community, and our generosity and dedication to saving babies' lives. When you sponsor an ultrasounded preborn, your gift, no matter how small, makes a difference in a big way. I mean, who will this little baby become? What will they accomplish? What will they do one day? Preborn has a 100% charity rating, so you can give with confidence. Use your cell phone and dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.